And we are live. Foul hooked. Episode. Shit, I didn't even look 13, 12, something like that. This is becoming a problem. I know, yeah. We're <laughs> just not even gonna keep track anymore. Anyway, we have a very we have a very special guest today, a very highly anticipated guest here. We have the very famous and world renowned Tom Rosenbauer. Tom, how's it going, man? It's going good. It's going good. We got uh Pretty cool temps in Vermont and lots of water and the small streams have been fishing really well. So Tom's happy, except the carp fishing has been tough, which I'm not happy about, but you know. Yeah, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, you can come out here to Boise and roast 105 degrees and watch the rainbow trout do tailspins if you want. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we got there's some carp ponds in Boise too. We can take you to okay. I'll you, come yeah, for that. You'll just yeah, be we, you'll be fishing next to a crackhead though. That's okay. Oh, that's He's the spinning. choice of urban fishing. That's the yeah. way it should be. <laughs> yep, that would be Boise fishing. So, Tom, we have a lot to cover today. Um, we kind of we took some questions in from our our listeners as well as from. Are you aware of the now defunct subreddit on Reddit, Fly Fishing Circle Jerk? Are you familiar with what that is? You know, um, I, I don't I don't look at Reddit because it annoys me. But Phil Monahan who runs the Orvis blog will send me occasional uh, clips from it or memes or something. Uh, I, I don't, I, I didn't go into it. Is it, it's defunct now? Yeah. Yeah. The, go ahead, Luke. They, they got banned. That's all I was going to say. They, uh, it wasn't for anything bad. I think I just think Reddit has like a, per their terms of service, you have to be a moderator or there needs to be moderators for their subreddits and they'll just uh -huh. ban stuff and i think it's to protect their website from like inappropriate stuff getting on there i don't know right yeah oh. anyway, anyway well fly fishing circle jerk tom as you've probably heard from phil they really really like you um <laughs> in, a, in a lot of different ways that uh makes you almost a deity to them a god the god of fly fishing as one might say so it's very interesting to um kind of uh read some of the, the fan fiction and this particular one got sent to us by the person who wrote it. Um, let me go ahead and share it. And uh, let me know if you can read that, Tom. Oh yeah, I think I've seen this one. Okay. <laughs> Would you, if you're, if you're okay, it's it's a little long here, but if you want, our our listeners have requested that you you read this out loud and okay. give your reaction to it. All right. So. All right. So I go ahead and start. Okay. So there I was. I had just finished matching the hatch. Half a dozen size 32 Royal Coachman dry flies tied in hand on the river's edge, just begging to be shot 80 feet upstream with my signature quadruple haul cast. Holy technique. shit. <laughs> I felt unstoppable. As the river whispered its secrets to me in familiar babbles and crashing whitecaps, I put out my eighth cigarette in my now empty fly fishing flask ready to entice the behemoths I was sure lay just out of sight in the dark, clear water. The air was crisp and the sun now just rising above the softly swaying treetops paid homage to my future success by bathing my already badly sunburned skin in radiant light. It was a perfect Tuesday morning. Sounds like a lot of the essays that are written about fly fishing. Dude, if you're tying... <laughs> and this is beautiful. If you're tying size 32 Royal Coachman's by hand, we need, we got to get you in, uh, we got to get you on production tying. 
Yeah, if I could do that, I wouldn't be sitting here. And then I saw him. He did not emerge from the tree line. He did not saunter casually up to the river edge, nor was there any evidence that he had ever been anywhere other than where I saw him now, waist deep in an unnaturally calm pocket of water, 100 feet away, shadow casting repeatedly in an awe-inspiring show of technical ability, smiling warmly at nothing in particular. My mouth went dry as I lowered my 10-weight fiberglass Orvis rod, careful not to scratch the delicate eyelets on a rock roughly 13 feet away. Tom, I croaked, watching the enigmatic man continue to shadow cast in a display that I can only liken to an equal mix of Brad Pitt and Gandalf the White. He turned slightly towards me, never once interrupting his cast, and winked. The glint in his eye rendered me fully blind for approximately 25 seconds, and when my vision returned, he was next to me, still casting. It was him, Tom Rosenbauer, looked at me with kindness and compassion. Get the fuck out of my spot, he said warmly, pushing me toward the shore. I called dibs on this spot a while back, and everyone knows it. This is where I catch the real trophies. I couldn't believe it. I was fishing with the legend himself, although my camo Sims waders automatically placed me in the upper echelon of fly fishermen, I knew that now was the time to watch and learn from a master. I stepped back on shore and paused my Bluetooth speaker, although I'm sure Tom appreciated the Smash Mouth Spotify playlist. I knew I needed my full faculties to absorb every minute detail of his craft. I did not have to wait long. As he finished his complex series of casts, including a physics-defying maneuver he called the umlaut cast, his fly landed on the water, and almost instantly a vortex appeared beneath it, sucking the lure down into the abyss. I got you now, you thick little piggy, I heard him mutter confidently. When he set the hook, I gasped in astonishment as a carp, no less than five feet in length, swam powerfully and gracefully to his feet. An understanding in its stupid beady eyes that it was no match for the man on the other end of the line. Tom touched it lightly on the head and whispered, I grant you peace, causing the carp to die instantly. Tom appeared physically stronger than before. Having seen what a true grandmaster can do, I relinquished myself to finding a new river to fish. As I walked away, I turned back and looked at him, needing to ask only one question. Hey, Tom, what fly did you catch that monster on? He quirked a sly grin, looked back at me, and said, hey, kid, catch. I don't remember getting to the hospital, but the doctor said that if Tom had thrown the can of corn even a little harder, it would have killed me then and there. And what a way to go. I had read that before. Oh, my God. It's hilarious. Dude. It's very flattering, too. You know? I was going to say, do you have that effect on people? And when you come out and you just blind everyone? No, I, I, I generally try to stay away from people when I'm fishing. Um, but, you know, the people that, that recognize me on the water, both from my voice because of the podcast or, the, or my face because of the videos, are always, you know, really considerate. And they just say, hi, Tom, like the videos or like the podcast, and they leave me alone. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are, people are very nice. That's Do you cool. You have man. the people that come up and like, where you're just fishing by yourself, and all of a sudden people pop out of the bushes and like trying to get your autograph. Does that happen? No, no. But you know, uh, when I 
when I uh, float a river with my fishing buddies, uh, particularly like in the Catskills where there's a lot of people and people recognize me all day long, uh, I get teased unmercifully <laughs> by those guys. I mean, it's just, it's, it's brutal. That really, it's really did, they we te- laugh. We laugh about they it. They tease you, know? you though. What did they tease you about? My fit, my buddies tease me about it just because you know. Oh, I'm just, I'm, gotcha. just, I'm just another fisherman. I'm just their fishing buddy, and you know they just. Those they are that's they part of your of cult following, man. That's that yeah. that and yeah. like speaking of like the fan fiction or like the the fandom you have, like it's pretty crazy. Like they're a lot of people kind of refer to you or like look at you as like a deity, almost like Jesus or something in that sense. And it makes for really good laughter and stuff like that. But I mean, have you, do you have, have you ever had anyone like approach you from that side of your fandom? And like, has there ever been any like weird interactions like that, that you can recall? Um, well, there was, (laughs) I went down to the, I went down to the Somerset, um, Somerset uh, fly fishing show, which is probably the biggest show in the country for, for a day uh, this year, just drove down with a couple of my fishing buddies and went, went for the day and then drove back. And the, the next day there as people sent me pictures. There was this guy walking around with a blow up doll of me with like my <laughs> face. He's walking around. I got to ask what kind of doll this was, first of all, like, Blow up dolls are typically I, I know, you know, maybe it was like a paper uh, doll or something, but he was walking around with this with this mannequin or something with my face on it, and um, he reached out to me afterwards and he said, "Sorry about that. Did you think that was creepy?" And I said, "Hey, you bet your ass! I thought it was creepy." <laughs> that's yeah. probably the weirdest. That's probably the weirdest thing that happened. He's just like, "I want to wear your skin, Tom." Needless needless to say, I didn't invite him to come up and go fishing with me. I I wouldn't either. That's a that's a weird one. That's a creepy one. That's pretty that's pretty creepy. I mean you gotta give him props for the admiration. Yeah, as as I said, it's (laughs) it's super flattering for a guy who's, you know, just kind of a average fisherman. Um, you know, people think I'm this I'm this amazing um angler and I'm not. I've done it a long time and I'm a generalist, you know, I like to do all different kinds of things, but I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really as good as most of my fishing buddies at most of those things. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel that way a lot. You know, this angling thing. It's yeah. Pretty- it's your, yeah. You're not like the Steve, you're not like Steve Huff or Tarpon or I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to think of any other big names. Yeah. Out there, no, yeah. I'm not. Or Lefty Cray or. Yeah. Any of no, I'm not. I'm not at that level. I think it's a lot of too. Like, I think the your fandom more consists of like the younger generation because we can make memes out of people that almost that do almost anything, you know. And you have that personality, and like it's such a recognizable voice. And I think like it, people try to skew it in a way to where humor is always there with it. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to articulate yeah, i mean more. they're fun they're fun and they're very usually pretty respectful and right. and i often engage with them or i always engage with them and yeah and you know laugh along with them yeah the younger guys love you like um 
I I don't know. You don't get a lot of them on the fly box. I think though. I, I mean, it's really hard to tell. No one's really saying their age or anything on there. Yeah. But yeah. Do you get a lot of like satire questions like on the fly box that are just you're just like, what is this? Like, no, you know, I don't yeah. get. I don't. I don't get that kind of stuff because because uh, people aren't mean. They aren't. They don't troll the fly box. Right. Mailbox. I think because. Because I know where they live, you know, it's easy to be <laughs> anonymous on the internet and and make fun of people or or call them out for something. Um, but the you know the people on the that right into the fly box are you know just straight straightforward. Yeah, I would know. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I would know a thing or two about them. Like, they range from like ten years old to you know 85, 90 years old. So they right. they go across all age groups. Yeah, I would know a thing or two about anonymity and making fun of people on the internet. And I, I may or may not know a thing or two about that. But, <laughs> but yeah. So Tom, the flyback. So like, whenever you get stuff in there, do you ever get get anyone who submits stuff that you're like, what the hell is this guy thinking? Or just not even, I guess, not even satire, but just some like. Uh, Luke was uh, giving the example of a guy talking about fishing in the Rockies. I guess they made it in the flybox and like talking about how long the fight fish and things like that. It, it's almost like stuff like that to me. It's like, man, like it's up to your best judgment. Like no matter what anyone says, like it's it's up to you at the end of the day as an angler. So do you get like some stuff in the five box? You're like, damn, this kind of pisses me off or this is kind of like a, a silly question. Um, Yeah, but sometimes silly questions are fun, you know. Um, you know, if they're really if, if somebody says like I'm, I'm going to I'm going to the South Platte River in June, what fly should I take? I don't answer that one because right. they, they can call Pat Dorsey or call a fly shop and find out what flies. I don't answer those. Um, but if they're general questions or they're struggling with a knot or casting, yeah, I, I read them even if they, even if they appear to be a little silly. Hmm. And do you, are you personally reading every single submission to the fly box? Yeah, I read every one. I don't answer okay. all of them. But I, gotcha. but I read every one. You know, okay. I get like, I get like maybe 10 a day. Mm -hmm. So. Damn, that's a lot of reading. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> they're usually pretty short we, yeah we just opened a phone number too and we had some people that called in right yeah we did yeah, yeah. We've had, had that we've had people emailing in we yeah. should getting it kind of everywhere we should play one of those is that a, is there a way to play one of those Jeremy? i don't i don't i don't have any right now Dang. we, we okay. only had like one that came in and it has nothing to do with uh, it's like a business thing it's like hey we want to sponsor you da, da, da. i'm like no dude yeah, I, get, I get those too <laughs> yeah yeah Withhold that's, the... gotta, that's gotta be interesting since obviously you're with orvis that's gotta be kind of like a weird line to cross like you know if someone wants you to do work for them it's like well you know i'm kind of with this company for a very long time so sorry but you know can't really do anything for you right is that kind of how that conversation goes yeah Oh, the business etiquette of fly fishing. So fun. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Um, but yeah, that your your fandom is insane, man. I think uh I, it, there's just all there's just something about it. It's hard to really pinpoint or articulate why the meme community or like the younger generation like makes fun of you. It's not like a but it's not like a making fun of you type thing. Like they all love you, but it's like you know, for instance, and I'm part of that generation, I sent you a t shirt that I made you into Jesus. I don't know if you ever saw that, but actually, I think you did. So, it's my just, wife will let me wear it. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'm gonna. I'll wear it though. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and Tom, there were a lot of questions um, from kind of like the subreddit just talking about that. Uh, kind of like the deitization, like people are like, does it get the Tom's head? And I'm like, I, I don't think it does because no. he probably doesn't look at it. But to you, like, is it kind of like, so back, you know, pre-internet and things like that, you know, would you have ever expected to get to where you are, like in like the internet culture of being like kind of seen as this type no. of like, dude? Like it probably no. didn't cross your mind, right? You were just a, fly, a guy fishing, writing some books, just having a good time. Yeah, I mean, I was involved with product development and PR and stuff like that. And um, now I've kind of reached a point where I'm mostly an educator, which I really enjoy. And I didn't didn't even realize that till I was like that I was really an educator till I was like sixty years old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well hey, you know, sometimes the best real- <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes the best realizations take a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Man, we're- um, Tom, I was curious. Like does does the teaching side get old to you ever? Like do you get tired of like always talking about tips and tricks or is that like just another part of, like do you love that? Is that your passion? Yeah, because, you know, people say, how do you keep answering those same questions over and over again on the podcast? But and there's there's two reasons. There's a number of reasons why I don't. Um, One is that people are so appreciative when you when you help them out, no matter if it's the stupidest, most basic question, um, they really appreciate it. And that's that's really that's really gratifying. The other thing is that, um, you know, I told myself when I started writing writing books and uh, you know long ago that I would never forget what it was like to be you know a 12 year old kid wet waiting in a trout stream and walk in front of some other angler and uh, you know not knowing that I was getting in his way or the fact that I couldn't tie you know what it was like not being able to tie a blood knot uh, I, I never want to forget that so and and if people if people keep that keep asking the same questions over and over again, that means we're not getting through to them. I'm not getting through to them. I need to, I need to figure out another way to try to teach this because they're just not getting it. So, you know, it's always, it's, and it's really, it's super valuable to see what questions people have. Absolutely. That's cool, man. I, it's, it's hard to be an educator sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> tell me about it i i think all three all three of us have been guides before yeah one point in our life and educating and teaching the same thing getting in that program can be tough sometimes when you wake up and you're like oh it's six o'clock i gotta go pick up the client lunch yet i really don't feel like doing this today to oh, cast well. in i gotta untangle your line again yeah. yeah and then you're like oh hey don't cast that tree you know 10 minutes yeah. later they're in the tree for the 15th time you're lost like, your lost your 10 dollar fly Sorry yep, about that. Sorry. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, I could not. I couldn't guide. Uh, I guide maybe four or five times a year. They're uh, invariably for charities. Uh, you know, I donate a, a guide trip for charity or something. And I really enjoy those. But boy, I, I couldn't do it day in and day out. That's a hard job. Yeah. I, you'd, be booked, you'd be booked out for years. You uh, what's a guide that? business. You'd be booked out for years as soon as you open the guide business i'm gonna say man that'd be a flex for somebody my guide's tom rosenbauer like that's that's a big flex but um the um the biggest thing too i feel like with being an educator is like i mean obviously being a patient person and like Mm -hmm. 
patience patience is dynamic in my opinion so like every day is different for somebody and like it's it's hard especially like as a young person to like grasp on that but yeah when you're on guide day three versus guide day 79 out of you know i've been guiding the last eight you know yeah you're the last 84 days i've had two days off or something like that yeah that's tough you fired up but um sick i so top Tom, I do have to ask about the meme accounts and what you think of them because I don't think there's ever been like a public a public uh, statement from you. Obviously, we talk every once in a while, things like that. What do you think of like the meme accounts and kind of like the call out culture that some of them, like me, and you know, copper plated sixes, you know, other names and things like that. What do you think? Is that good for the industry? Is that bad for the industry? Is it somewhere or somewhere in the middle? Well, I think we need to laugh at ourselves. I love them. I mean, I I follow more meme accounts than I do like fishermen's accounts. Um, because I, I enjoy, I enjoy them, you know, um, I, I don't think they're as funny as they used to be. I mean, early on, early on when they first started, like the, the, the woman who's pregnant and smoking and drinking, and then her kid is watching, her kid is watching, uh, how to Euro nymph videos. I mean, that's one of the funniest ones. And, I, you know, I, I love making, you know, I love it when they make fun of Tenkara or urine nymphing, um, even though I, I, I do both of those things, but, um, you know, or make fun of dry fly purists or whatever. I mean, we all need to make fun of each other because what, what we're what we're doing is, is pretty stupid and silly anyway. So if you can't take a joke, man, uh, about it, then then you better find something else to do for real is that's the and i think that's a lot of the meme accounts like that call out a lot of the influencers and stuff like i'm i'm trying to be more positive about stuff like that but there are some people that take themselves way too seriously and i think it's just more so of like let's just all laugh about it kind of deal and it's a yeah 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 yeah, i agree with that opinion hard but yeah it's just fishing guys yeah At the end of the day, we're hooking trout in the mouth or fish yeah. in the mouth. And and just, then letting them go. What a yeah. stupid thing to do. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, no, the meme accounts have definitely evolved over the years. I mean, I've evolved, you know, stuff like that. And so have a lot of other ones. And um, yeah, some of them are definitely not as fun as they used to be. It's like the same recycled shit over and over again. I, yeah. I fall victim to that yeah. all the fucking time. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Mark Melnick and I are pretty good friends but mark was telling me that sometimes tom you need help understanding the memes is that is that sound about right <laughs> yeah sometimes there's there's some cultural reference um that i that i don't quite get because i'm you know a generation older than mark um and and a couple generations maybe than you guys or maybe right it, least a generation uh is sometimes you know sometimes phil monahan has explained to me um uh, what it is, what what's going on? Like I remember the there was a incident at at uh, high school that my son and Phil's daughter go to, and and I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. Phil said, "Oh, they were ripping carts," and I said, "What the hell is ripping carts?" <laughs> was it ripping darts or ripping carts? No carts. Carts. Okay. Carts. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, gonna. What other? what references were you having trouble understanding were there any more like <laughs> yeah i i remember i did a podcast once with um with a woman and um she was talking about her favorite fly the rusty trombone 
And I didn't really, I didn't, I didn't know what a rusty trombone was, and I still don't get why, why it would even be a thing. But, and I kept saying totally naively, "Oh, rusty trombone! I got to look that one up." And I, she must have been laughing oh, her ass in the background. Um, so you know, sometimes, sometimes these uh, these culture references go over my head, and I have to, man. That's unfair. That's like telling someone to go to lemonparty.com, man. That's been Yeah, that yeah, back in the day, dude. No, it's funny because there's been instances <laughs> where Mark will message me and be like, "Hey, I don't understand. No one understands what you're saying." Or Tom doesn't understand it. I don't understand. Then it comes back to me and then I have to explain it, which is I find yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. There's one too uh a lot of people someone called you Tom Risenbauer. You know what Riz means? No. So, oh God, yeah, Riz is like you got game in a way, or like you're good with like the ladies. The ladies. Yeah. So like, uh, oh, that's not me. <laughs> I was gonna say, Risenbauer, huh? I was yeah. gonna say Tom Risenbauer. That's a good I will, one. Uh, we saw a very famous. I, I won't say his name on air because, but I'll tell you after the pod, Tom. A very fam- famous photographer who I'm very for, who I'm good friends with, and we watched him. He's he's got to be like in his seventies, just rising up 18 year olds one time at the fly fishing show here in Idaho. And it was probably one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I think I know who it is. Yeah. Yeah, I I bet you do. He (laughs) was intoxicated. And I was going to say, man, he's got the game. What's going on here? Staying game. And it was crazy. But anyway, (laughs) he's like, I got a, I got a house over in Idaho. You guys can come hang out at the weekend at. Yeah, exactly. And we're just like Luke and I are just standing there, like, uh, this is how I definitely know my, who that is. Yeah. Sitting here in front of my guide booth. Uh, hey, uh, oh, hey, it attracted a lot of people to come over to the booth because he was there, and then also there were very attractive young women there. So that that helped. Um, we did sell some stuff off of that, so that was nice. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do, Tom, oh, go ahead, so, Jeremy. Yeah. So Tom, like, I, I want to go back to this fanfic stuff because I feel like we could talk about this for hours, but. So whenever you get sent that, what your first reaction probably is how it's hilarious. But does it ever get old whenever people are like sending you all this weird fanfic and stuff like that, or you know Phil sends it to you or whoever sends it to you? No, because they're all, they're usually different and they're funny. I always share them with my wife and son. We laugh <laughs> at. Them. Oh, uh, what is what does your wife think of it all? Yeah, like, I, I think she she is probably the the real. Uh, judge and jury here on this it's sometimes she laughs sometimes she rolls her eyes and said that's dumb but you know she's gotcha i'm thinking about that gandalf uh brad pitt line and I, I'm, I'm trying to think too if she would agree she got that i don't think she'd agree she'd probably laugh at that gotcha. <laughs> yeah i think um yeah, like some of those words and generational things are, it, it's so fun because I'll explain it. My, my mom too is like, she's, she's older now, but she's like trying to get hip with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the TikTok, Instagram references. So it's funny when like I send my mom a picture of a pit, like a fish I caught or something. She's like, is that what we would consider bussing? I'm just yeah. like... <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that sounds like did, my parents. I told them, yeah, I run a podcast. Like, what's a podcast? And I have to explain to them for like forty five minutes what a podcast. Is. Yeah, so, and then your so dad's like, like a, "Can yeah. I eat it?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Heaven. My dad is. Uh, so every time I send him a picture of a fish, 
I don't think it's a joke because we grew up, you know, back in the the early 2000s. We kept everything we ate in Pennsylvania, or we kept everything we caught in Pennsylvania and ate it. And he he would say every time I send him a nice, like I'll send him like a nice 20 inch brown or something like that, or 18 inch rainbow or something, and he'll be like, "Oh, that's a really nice fish. Did you eat it?" I'd be yeah. like, "Kevin, we don't eat them out here, man. Like I I hate cleaning fish. I can't do it." So. <laughs> It's it, one of those things. It's a generational thing. It's a valid question, though, because he's probably just still trying to understand this whole catch and release thing. Yeah, he doesn't like, get it. Yeah. I mean, Tom, you you grew up probably, well, you're a little bit older than my father, I believe, but you grew up in the time where, like, in the fall, October, November, that's when you caught your biggest brown trout back in the day. At least that's what my dad tells me back in Pennsylvania, and now he's like, where are all the big fish at? I'm like, well, you kind of killed them all and ate them. That, that's probably why, but... Yeah, my father used to ask me the same thing. He was a bait fisherman, and he would always complain that I'd go fishing and not bring him home anything. So one time I went to the Salmon River, and I brought him back a scuzzy king salmon, and that shut him up. <laughs> That's what I need to do. I need to bring him a – next time I go back east, I'll have to go up there, catch a – beat the shit king that's dying and have hey here you go it's a salmon you said you wanted yeah. it yeah 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 that'll that'll do it yeah do it. or take him steelhead fishing and then just tell him that these aren't steelhead oh my dad gets pissed about that yeah. don't even fire him up <laughs> yeah that's a, well tom you've been you've got caught in controversy about that one you called some great lakes steelhead or great lakes rainbow steelhead and i remember there was a little bit of uh some people were upset about that. Well, not upset, but you know, poking fun about that. I don't know if you saw that. Well, yeah, people people um, are easy to to judge things when they don't watch the whole video. And in in that video, I said, you know, some people don't believe they're steelhead. Some people call them lake run rainbows. People call them just rainbows. Uh, some people call them steelhead. You can call them whatever the hell you want. They're fun to catch. Yeah, that's kind of as long as they, as long as they have fins. I've yeah. been to some places where uh, it's pretty pathetic. We, we did a bit on that, like one of our first episodes, and the, that got people riled up. But it was like at at the end of the day, our synopsis was either way, they're fun to catch and like they're cool either way. Like, but I think as like Westerners, we're just like you know we come out the womb thinking already the steelhead. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I can I can understand that. Um, you know, boy, you you catch a, a fresh. Steelhead in like New York Salmon River, though a chrome bright fish, and yep. you'd be hard pressed to tell it from uh, an ocean run steelhead. Then you go to like Steelhead Alley and you catch one with only, uh, you know, one out of four fins on the bottom and barely shakes its head, and you know, can understand yeah. where that comes from. Those are my favorite kinds of fish to catch, man. We got tons of those. That's all. That's, yeah. all, the, that's all you catch, Luke. I'll 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 brag on a Palomino trout either day, man. Oh, look at this golden trout. Yeah, yeah golden, golden trout. trout. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I love love my stalkers, man. They're fun. Uh, Tom, do you ever see? Okay, so this is probably I don't. This is a pretty general question, kind of broad, but um, what is probably some of the more weirder experiences that have happened to you while you're out fly fishing? Not necessarily. It couldn't be anything, you know, like just something that you recall. That would potentially be like you would consider like weird you know people ask me that all the time and i yeah. have trouble i have trouble i mean there's lots of there's lots of weird things but they're generally kind of you had to be there inside jokes with buddies you know yeah 
Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the urban carp fishing I, I do, I've seen a lot of weird things and talked to a lot of weird characters. Um, you got the guy rolling out of his car in the sleep because he's sleeping in his car and sleeping bag, and he's like, "Hey, what, you, can you eat that thing?" Yeah, no, they were yeah. sleeping on the bag. Sleeping there's actually, actually, one morning there was a woman sleeping on the dock. It was Fifth of July, and there was a a woman sleeping on the dock wrapped wrapped up in an American flag when we rolled in at dawn. Man, those what? are the best though. Like homeless people, like they'll give you all the info, man. Oh yeah. Talk about you, Yeah. They're there all the time. They know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw these huge fish here and there. All right. Thanks, man. There's they don't a know. specific homeless person I see down on one of my local rivers here. And he's still there. I saw him the other day. <clears throat> His name's Jerry. And uh he goes out there and he steals a bag of bread from Walmart and he ch- chips it all up and he's and I'm fishing the riffle above him and he's like, They're down here. They're down here. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, sick. All right, cool. So I'm going to go roll down there. And then he's like chumming them for me. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> he's like, no, man, they love bread. Check this out. What's wrong with chumming? And then he says he keeps all he keeps all the other local anglers out of there because he said he'll just get butt naked and like he'll take a bath in the river. And then he'll be like, you guys want to fish down here? Just like ass naked, turning towards them and everything like that. So I, I appreciate that. But then for that you, hard. you're invited. Yeah, he let, yeah, he lets you got better stories than me. I don't have yeah. anything like that that I can remember. Well, I yeah. I live in Coeur d'Alene and then so we got Spokane across there and I'll just say the river cuz it's no secret, but the Spokane River it's it's uh it's full of your favorite um favorite characters, man. That's part of the fishing it. Like, I mean, Jerry, he's a good guy. Um, you know, he'll set up his tent on the beach there and he'll he'll bring a lady friend down there and they'll they got all kind. Of, it's always weird because his tent smells like chemicals and you know weird stuff. I don't know if he's cooking something up in there that he shouldn't. I always ask him. Just say, just don't dump it in the river. But yeah, my one experience with that river, I pulled up on a homeless camp and there was definitely a guy sharpening a knife. And so I that I, that was my one experience with the homeless people on that river, and I'm not going back. Had, yeah, I I gave um, I saw a guy there like catching fish with his bare hands, which is nothing crazy, but like, I mean, it's pretty wild, but he was there like swimming through the riffle and like, he's like head first in the riffle, just like kind of keeping up with it. Like a, like a regular fish would. And he's like sitting there and you'd see his arm come up and just like grab stuff. And like, he's, he would just literally try to grab these trout and he would, he would literally like throw them up in the air and he'd try to get him. He actually got like, a couple of them in the summertime that water's so warm they get so lethargic that you probably could go grab them so yeah, <laughs> yeah. the the spokane's fun area man it's a it's a good it's a ain't fun no, ain't no fish in that river what everyone tells me when yeah. i ask about it it's either no, a there's not big smallmouth or yeah big so tom, tom a big question everyone went from that everyone has asked is uh do you smoke weed I can't anymore. What happened? Well, you know, I'm a child. I'm a product of the seventies when, you know, you could, a nickel bag was really five bucks and it was all seeds and stems and leaves. And, and when, when I smoke anything modern, uh, it, it's no fun. Gotcha. However, however I do, I do make, edible chocolate 
Yeah, I was gonna. That was my next question. Was that I've heard that you make make some really good chocolates. I'm not gonna say I know someone over the headquarters who's partaken in your chocolates, but they said, yeah, Tom makes some really good chocolates. You need to ask him about them. So, yeah, I, well, I, I've made chocolate for about ten or twelve years, uh, bean to bar chocolate, but I recently started uh, infusing it with some bud. Um, which is kind of it kind of adds to the complexity of making the chocolate and uh, it kind of adds to the experimentation and that's really fun i remember we were i was on cape cod with uh, two other guys we were staying in a house uh site fisher for stripers and and we uh, we were tying flies in the evening and we all ate four squares of one of my bars of chocolate and it was one of the funnest, silliest times I've had with those guys. <laughs> Holy crap, man! It was great. Yeah. Uh, I don't do I don't do it that often because you know I think, well, you know I really want to do this tonight, or I want to get up early and go fishing tomorrow. Or I got you know I got to record a podcast, so, and you know I, ha I have to I have to plan time to eat my. Special chocolate. <laughs> special chocolate. That's on special chocolates. Yeah. My my son calls it medicated chocolate. There you go. There you go. Oh yeah. Yeah, no. So many people were like were asking about it because I, I, I just they assume you're you kind of got the crazy hair going. You've been you know, like you said, you grew up in the seventies, so like Tom's gotta have smoked weed at some point in his life. Oh yeah. Yeah, but not anymore. I just can't handle it. Yeah. Hey, that's on that almost sounds like me. That, I can't do that shit anymore. Yes, you know, it's not the same. I mean, in my days, you could, you know, like, smoke three joints and go out and, and go to, you know, have some pizza and a beer. If I if I have two hits, I'm, like, on the couch in a coma. It's not fun. <laughs> Just passing away, slowly it's deceased. Not, it's not fun. I mean, I'm, I suppose you could, I suppose you could build up a tolerance to it. Must Most people must because otherwise they'd all be comatose. Yeah, all my friends that smoke weed on the river and stuff like that, I'll occasionally partake. But like, yeah, there's it's a whole different vibe, for lack of a better term, when you're a little high on the river or very high in some of their cases. And it's it's interesting. But that's good to hear you do it. So now everyone's going to text you on the fly box and ask or uh, email you on the fly box and ask what's the best strain and stuff like that. So I yeah. apologize <laughs> in advance for that. Do you like that Necromancer <laughs> Phantom Pack? Or are you into yeah. that Sativa Indica? hybrid yeah, yeah. Dude, that shit doesn't make any sense to me i don't get it dude I, just, that's I, get it. I get it from my neighbor he's a commercial grower and i just tell him i want something pretty mild nice nice yeah i think they make too like um cbd joints that are mainly cbd and yeah. have like 10 percent thc so oh. that might be something you should look into they're called little blazers okay but I had a uh, I had an experience where I can't smoke anymore. Recently, I I stopped because I'm having a kid, so I'm doing it for my girlfriend. But my um, I took a big tolerance break, and then like suddenly when I started back up, I started getting like violently high. Like my heart was beating out of my chest. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, I wanted to kill myself. Like that kind of stuff just was like yeah, not fun. Like bro, was there fentanyl in this? Like what's yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Tom, of all the of all the places you've traveled for fishing and things like that, what would you say is like the most overrated? If you're allowed to say, you don't have to name the lodge you went with or anything like that, but you're like, man, this did not meet expectations at all whenever I went. Because I've heard from a lot of people different places that like, people say it's a world renowned lodge or whatever, da da da, this fishery, and you go there and they try it a couple times and they're like it sucks. I've heard that a lot about like Cuba, in particular. Oh, Cuba is not overrated. Okay, all right. Cuba's well. 
there may be places in Cuba that are overrated, but uh, Cuba, it's Cuba. I hosted two trips to Cuba, and I'm um, working on um, getting back into it. And they were the best hosted trips I've ever done. Yeah, they were. Everybody that went with me, uh, those those times has already signed up for the new trip and they don't even know how much it costs or when they said, I'm in, I'm in, I'm going. Gotcha. So, um, you know, it depends on where you go, I think. Um, and I, you know, I don't go to a lot of fancy lodges. I mean, I host a few, I host a few trips to Chile and the Bahamas and in Idaho, um, every year, but most of the fishing I do is just on my own. Um, you know, the same, I mean, I go fishing the way most people go fishing and um, often don't go with a guide or go maybe go with a guide if it's a friend. Uh, but I don't go to a lot of fancy lodges. I don't like the routine in lodges because you have to be back by 5 o'clock and all that shit. You know, that's just not that's yeah. just my way of doing it. But I, I think rather than a specific place, I, I think that the most overrated thing in, in my mind, just the way I – the way I like to fish is permit fishing. I think permit are really, really annoying and not that interesting. Um, I'll throw at them, you know, I'll th definitely throw at them, but I would never, ever again go on a permit fishing trip. I like to catch fish. Right. Yeah. I've heard nightmares yeah. about permit trips where you just go and you just stare at the, stare at the ocean for like five days. You see yeah. one maybe, and then you yeah. spook it within the first five seconds. You know, like, well, that was that was your chance. That was your shot. Where's you know, my ten thousand dollars? I've caught a few, and they're not that exciting, really. I mean, I think it's you know it's been blown up into a thing. Um, it's just you know with with media, not not so much social media. It was be, even before social media, but magazines and and books and things. But I, I don't know. I've I think it's I think it's an overrated fish. Gotcha. Oh, interesting. I, I've heard similar stories about permit, especially people who go on permit specific trips. Like, yeah, I saw one fish for five days. I paid ten grand to be there. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't sound fun. Like, didn't they have anything else you could target? Well, the guides didn't want to target it. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. you know, that, that's kind of lame. I love bonefish. I think bonefish. Uh, I love stalking bonefish on foot. And you know, if you do everything right with a bonefish it's generally going to eat if you do everything right with a permit you know it's a flip a coin whether they're going to eat or not mm -hmm. um it's just weird <laughs> yeah i as three hosses here that have never wait jacob you've never fished saltwater right you've never fished salt right um just conventionally one time like on a yeah, trip yeah. but no yeah, I grew up like in the Chesapeake and stuff like that, fishing for like bluefish and stuff out of a boat and like croaker and stuff, but never fly fish farm. But yeah, no, it, it's interesting because a lot of people, I know quite a few guys here in Boise who are like permit and bones, the only things they want to target. I know yeah. one, one guy who is like that tarpon shit with the big ones. He's like, don't even bother. Just go for juveniles. It's way better. Stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. that's all kind of advice I've heard about it. But hopefully, yeah, I, lo I love tarpon. I love bonefish. I love false albacore, striped bass, just. Um, you know, yeah. permit. I'd rather catch a jack. At least jacks will eat when you do yeah. things right. And it's yeah. not that much different from a permit, anyway. Yeah, they all they all they all fight really well, from what I've heard. I was I was yeah. going to fish in Portugal um, last time I was over there, 
guide was like, "Yeah, just bring like a like a twelve weight for the for the for the uh, jacks." And I was like, "What? Twelve weight for jacks?" And he said, "Yeah, they'll just kind of spool your ass if you've never done it before, so just be ready." I was like, "All right, dude, okay." And then I, of course, didn't go because I got busy. <laughs> but uh, as the way goes, so dude, I've so, seen people like almost lose their fingers or like have their line go through their finger and like cut a yeah. hole, like cut down to their bone. Yeah. I've seen that. that. Yeah, I've seen some videos of that. Yeah. Wild. Another good one for you, Tom. What is like the biggest disaster trip you've ever ran on? I, I don't think people really ask you that question. Like you went on a trip, everything fucking went wrong on it. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit, I'm never like, I can't believe this happened or whatever. Like you just go on like, a, spend all this time on the planet and then everything goes south. Um. Well, I remember, I remember a couple of false albacore trips to Rhode Island where we never even stepped on the boat because the winds were blowing too hard and we, we can, couldn't get out of the harbor. Um, Mark and I did a, um, a, a filming in Steelhead Alley once. And first of all, we stayed in a really weird, bizarre place. It was like some old, some old house that was a, like a inn or a bed and breakfast and the people people in it were really bizarre and they had all these like dolls all over the place and um there were just weird people hanging out there and then we went and the rivers were high <clears throat> and dirty and the fish we did catch were i mean i don't know how they swam because they didn't have any fins um it, 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 i told mark don't ever ever ask me to go back and film in steelhead alley again and you know we probably were just in the wrong place but um yeah it was it was it was a disaster the people the people were being weird what are they doing like appalachian cannibal style no the people yeah. in, in the the bed and breakfast that we stayed they were just they were just strange they were just mm, strange. interesting <laughs> a little a little hard drug use maybe that uh no i don't no, think not so. like that oh no. so no Maybe cannibals. Then. I, Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I've found a crack pipe in a hotel bedroom on a fishing trip once. If you had anything like that, like it was literally a broken crack pipe. Nothing like that. No, mm. no. Was that with Jacob? Was that down at Pyramid? Yeah, was it? A, we we stayed at a Motel Six in the sketchiest part of town, so that was our fault. But yeah, I was gonna say that yeah. that trailer park we stayed in. Yo, Inferni. that trailer park's fire. Do not hate on my trailer park Airbnb. No, the that trailer park. Fire. That's some. Trailer park. That's some. That's some Ricky shit. Yeah. We Tom, have you had? We always ask. We we have two common themes on this podcast. We have the Owyhee River in Oregon, and then we have Pyramid Lake. Have you had the opportunity to fish either? I have not fished either. No. Okay. Gotcha. So I, the Owyhee sounds really interesting because I I I like. Uh, picky brown trout and I, I they're, not that, yeah, they're not picky yeah they're not they're not no picky. <laughs> oh. they're not picky huh. they i mean like some days they can um they can be like it's been it, it can be a really hit or miss like but most of the time like you can get them um they're the owyhee in general too isn't what it was eight years ago right jeremy yeah, you're you're one to talk yeah well like <laughs> I, I know I just but I can see the I can see the differences from like the pictures that you've shown me to the fish I've caught there already 
And like, there's yeah. something going on as far. And it, I think yeah. we talked about this before, but it has something to do with the stocking of the rainbows, I think. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that. But yeah, yeah pyramid pyramid's probably the more interesting one, Tom. Have you have you ever had the opportunity like to even like plan a trip down there or anything like that? Go stand on a ladder like a jackass like the rest of us? No, it doesn't appeal to me, honestly. So, yeah. And why is that? Because I, I I'm know. curious to hear this because there's a lot of people who feel that way. Ben Stittig, same way. He's like, pyramid looks so fucking stupid. Why would I go do that? Yeah, well, in general, uh, still water fishing, unless it's sight fishing, to me is kind of boring. Um, you know, uh, when when we still water fishing, when I go to Chile, it's uh, it's sight fishing with uh, big dries because they're eating dragonflies, and that's a lot of fun. But to you know, stand there. I mean, Phil Rowley's a a good friend, but to fish the way he does with a you know twenty foot twenty foot dropper and a and a bobber and a coronamid and wait for the fish to swim along and eat it is is not my idea of fun and and i think that i think that big you know catching big fish is really overrated and i think that the 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 internet has has uh really uh pushed people towards trying to catch bigger and bigger fish and yeah the fish are big in pyramid but um are they that much more interesting than a 16 inch brown trout on a four weight? I don't think so. That's a good take. Jacob's in tears I, right now. I was going to say he's dying know, like, over I'm there. Such a, I'm such a big fish snob, but even though I don't catch that many, like <laughs> I, the, the thing I live for in that aspect is like, you get the shakes, like when you hook a big fish and the adrenaline rush that you get, mm-hmm. like, do you get that when you, when you're catching those like on, on lighter rods? like smaller fish on lighter rods is that the same kind of thing or do you just not do it for that at all like you just kind of doing it for your so i don't get the shakes ever even on tarpon um but I, but I, it doesn't mean that i don't get excited and, yeah. and jazzed up mm-hmm. about it um you brought up a good point too, Tom, about kind of Instagram and the influence it has on like everyone wants to catch big fish nowadays. I know I grew up, my fly fishing experience in Pennsylvania was like, if you got a 10 inch brook trout, you're the king of the town for like yeah. a couple of months. Yeah. So do you feel like that's a good thing for fly fishing in general? Or is it kind of a bad thing that social media is now just glorifying, hey, where we only want big fish porn. We don't want any, you know, these small fish. Yeah, they're beautiful and everything, but oh, what 20 inch, whatever, brown, rainbow, brook, whatever. You know, this is so much cooler than that smaller fish. Well, I think like anything, like anything else, in Instagram or social media in general are good and bad. Um, they it's good because um, <clears throat> I get to see a lot of cool fly patterns, and I um, have met some um, some friends on Instagram that seemed like they were cool people, and uh, you know, just seeing what's going on. But I think that particularly for uh, a novice who was starting out or not novice, but just somebody starting out and they see, they see all these big fish on Instagram and they go out and they catch a, you know, 12, 13 inch fish. And they feel like they feel inadequate because they didn't get a, a 20 inch fish. And they know, they know that people aren't catching these fish every five minutes, but um, they still think, Oh, people are catching these big fish. How come I'm not, how come I'm not catching them? I think it, I think it really instills an insecurity and takes kind of the fun out of it for some people. So, you know, it's good and bad. Yeah. No, I, I definitely fall into the camp of, you know, 
when I first started fishing in in Idaho, I was like, man, everyone's catching like 24, 25 inch fish all the time. I caught like my first 20 inch and it kind of killed this. I was like, oh man, you know, that should have been bigger, you know, kind of killed it for me. And then you have to like have like kind of a, you have to like do a little soul searching of why you're fishing and things like that. And some people maybe never get to that point, unfortunately. Yeah. This is, this is kind of like tying into what we talked about on our last episode of, and I'm kind of curious to get your input. We had a lot of people message us about this and um, we're just kind of curious, like what's your opinion on people calling fly fishing a sport? Because I saw that. this is, yeah. this has been a hotly debated topic and so yeah. we got to hear it from you. Okay. Um, I don't know what to call it. It's like for a lot of us, it's just, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a way of life. So yeah. it's in our DNA. Um, but sport, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's a sport. But I don't know what it is—a hobby. Yeah, uh, hobby, seems really under, hobby. hobby seems to undersell it though for a lot of people. Yeah, so, hobby undersell is it's more of a passion or a you know a lifestyle for a lot of people. Um, so somebody gave me this perspective too of like it falls under angling technically which is like there's yeah. that subcategory sub of like sportsmen the sportsmen are like sporting you know um wing shooting hunting or fishing and so i just um i think of more of it like a sport being an athlete too i get that mm -hmm. perspective yeah but like i think maybe it, it falls under that category of sporting where you could call it a sport and then someone gave me the 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 uh perspective too of like well look at the fly fishing competitions they have in europe and like team usa and all them too like they do make a game or like a competitive thing about it but at the end of the day like it's like you know it's basically a hike up the stream and you're you're just happen to hook fish at the end of the day it's like you're taking a hike you know and like i i don't I see it as the angling aspect. I think that perspective makes more sense to me mm -hmm. and like that falling under the sporting category of like hunting, fishing, wing shooting, whatever it may be. But yeah, at the end of the day, I don't, I think a lot of people tell you too. like, I, I noticed on the end of like your podcast or during like the fly posture, they say, thank you. Thank you for all you do for the sport. And mm -hmm. like, yeah. yeah. And I like, and I'm like, man, I w and I wonder what he really thinks. Like, if that, like, is that the sport, or I, I think too that people maybe more so mean to thank you for the sporting aspect yeah. of it, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it matters, right? The, the, what, yeah, what, I mean, I have not, I haven't even figured out why we're also enamored of trout. In all these years, I've been chasing them. Why they're they're not the biggest? They're not the they're not even the prettiest. Um, they don't fight as hard as as lots of other fish. Why are we so? Is it a cultural? Uh, is it a cultural thing? Um, I, I don't. You know. You so know. If I can't figure out why we chase trout, I, I I can't figure out what to call fly fishing either. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Put it. Wild that that's the top category and like the go to for everybody is like the trout thing and like. Yeah. It's. it's a it's accessibility, you know, and things like that. Trout kind of live everywhere, but so do bass. But everyone's kind of thinks about like, you know, Google well, and trout, don't, trout don't live everywhere, though. I mean, you live in the middle of the country and you have to drive quite a ways for trout or at least yeah. in the south. Mm -hmm. You have to, 
there are many trout streams. So I don't think it's a, for you guys there. Yeah. And yeah. where you live, it's accessibility. For me, it's accessibility, certainly. But for a lot of people, they drive four or five hours to go trout fishing when they've got, you know, some interesting smallmouth or carp or pike fishing right around the corner. Why, why do they do it? I don't know. Yeah. And my buddy Dan puts it as like, you know, and the reason like he prefers the fly fishing because of the delivery system. Like if, if you think mm -hmm. about it, people that are doing spin fishing or anything like that, it's the same thing, really like Euro nymphing, mono rigs, whatever you want to call it. Like we're, we're all kind of doing, we're all fishing, but just different delivery deliveries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, but it's all, it, it doesn't really matter what species you're targeting, but it seems to be that like every entry level fly fisherman gets into the trout thing. And I do think maybe Jeremy's, you do have somewhat of a point. It, I do think the accessibility of trout and I don't want to call them easy, but every single fishing game agency I'd, I'd argue in the U S has a trout stocking program, even in like Texas and Arizona. And so like people gravitate towards that cause it's easy, but then it's like, then the, they're easy to raise. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and it's very easy to raise. It's well documented on how to catch a trout. Now, yeah. if you go out like for carp, you know, for example, carp, it's documented, but you got to hunt for it, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's, it's not, not and, it, and for it's, Trout fishing, fly fishing in particular, is much more closer to an exact science than, say, carp. I think, at least for the information that's out there and the information I've read. I think it's I mean, like a social dynamic, too. People, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that people, too. like, you go, I'm like, I'm going to go catch this 10 pound carp. And it's like, oh, those things are disgusting. I'd rather catch this pretty, colorful trout. And it's like, yeah. dude, well, if you like pretty, colorful fish, in my or like fish with cool markings, I mean, smallmouth, like, they get this, like, hand of yeah. Sauron, Saruman print on their, like, Face and stuff like they get, sunfish yeah, yeah sunfish too sunfish. yeah they're prettier than a brook trout yeah like this, it's this might be kind of a hot take but i feel like trout fishing is almost marketed in a way like just due to the fact that there are agencies that are doing hatchery hatchery work and they're they're trying to get them out there but i mean they're also trying to make money at some at some cost and so i think it trout fishing in general is almost marketed but those fish and game agencies are marketing trout because that's what people want. Right. They're, I mean, they're, I don't think they're yeah. creating oh, yeah. the demand. A, I think the demand is coming from the public who wants trout. Right. When's the last time you saw yeah. someone like, to me, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to jog my memory. You saw like an ad of like from a big company talking about like carp fishing and then think of all the times you see trout. And things we like do it a lot at Orvis. Yeah. We, do, we do a lot of multiple species. In fact, we're doing some photo shoots now with carp and gar and smallmouth. Oh, cool. um, because, um, you know, we believe that um, there's a lot of trout streams have gotten overcrowded. And there's so many other places to fish and so many other fun ways to fish with a fly rod that, that we want to try to encourage people as best we can to get out there and and you know have fun uh closer to home so they don't have to yeah and it's an eco-friendly thing too like you yep. know you don't have to drive right fucking hours carbon footprint this gas yeah you know, exactly. or, or get on a plane or whatever yeah exactly yeah yeah i think a lot of trout angling too is like i mean like here in the west most of our trout are like in the most prettiest areas you could possibly think of um yeah. but the other flip side is that too is like you could just you could hike there's, we've got multiple areas of like hiking trails that would take you to somewhere even prettier. 
So, cause I've heard that excuse of like, well, I fish for trout because they're typically located in the most serene environments. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, that's not, that's not always the truth. Like I've caught some bass in some pretty cool looking areas. Like if that's why you go for the scenery too. And like, just because that's part of your trifecta of like feeling at peace or however you want to fly fish or what yeah. makes you do it. But it's, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. And like, I, I worked in a fly shop where my boss never understood that either, where he was just like, man, like everybody just wants to do the trout thing. And it's just so crazy. Like the carp thing is like, if we only had carp, we'd be fine. Like it'd be cool. Well, yeah. Carp are hard. Yeah. I mean, carp yeah. are really hard. I think it, it depends it, on where, depends on where you target them, but you know, some places they're relatively easy, but some places they're well nigh impossible to catch. I, <laughs> sounds like Boise. Yeah. yeah. I look at it too. Is like Lake Champlain is another tough place, mm. <laughs> and there are big ones in there. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some big fish come out of some big carp, and I, I know some guys up there that that's like all they do. They like gave up trout fishing to go carp fishing, and I, I'm yep. like respect. It's kind of like the guys who give up trout fishing to go steelhead or salmon fishing here in mm. Idaho, and there's like two fish yep. in the whole fucking river, and you're just like, eh, well, good luck, dude. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, the carp thing is cool. I think I've known some guys too that completely converted their boats and like pulled put like a welded like a pulling platform on them now and like they completely yeah, carp deck yeah yeah you can um you can actually get one for adipo's drift boats and get a carp deck to put on them oh, yeah that's cool. he my old flesh my, my buddy sean had a big adipose actually now he's got a south forks gift that he's got a carp deck on uh-huh. cool well hey luke it looks like we're coming up on time here what are we looking at we sure are cool tom do you have any questions for us that's, we always ask this. I, I normally, you know, on the fly. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, want to disregard you know. anything you're thinking yeah. of. Where do you guys think fly fishing is going? I get that question all the time. What do you, what do you think the future is? Where do you think it's going? Um, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll take the negative approach here. Unfortunately, due to what I see on social media, and obviously I'm kind of stuck in an echo chamber, I try to get out of it um, through a variety of different ways, but... You know, it's kind of like this kind of, it's cool to fly fish, so I'm going to fly fish. I'm not going to fly fish because my dad taught me. I'm not going to do it just to get out of nature, you know, use a stress relief. It's more of like, hey, I am. I want to be cool. I wasn't popular in high school or whatever, da, 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 college and stuff like that. But it makes me cool because everyone sees that I catch these fish and I go cool places. And unfortunately, that seems to me kind of where things are going. And that's not why I fish. It's why a lot of us don't. Uh, it's not a reason that most people fish, but it's... uh kind of thrown in our face now i think um mm. that you have to, to be cool you got to fly fish and you know i i've met so many people who are like oh yeah i want to get in the fly fishing because it looks cool to do it i want to post about on social media and those are the people that i don't take fishing yeah that's a good take dude i think um the biggest thing too of where it could be going i i want to i we asked this question i think in one of our first podcast is like who are the next rosenbauers you know what i mean like who fills that slot who fills that as like the go-to educator or whatnot because like that person ultimately controls that influence like believe it or not like people like you tom and like a bunch of other guys mark orvis in general and like gallop the gallop Gallup, of the world yeah gallop ha- yeah. they have a huge influence on those people and like i think when the when you get, when those people are gone, how do we who slots into that 
So that was a good, and I'm actually curious on your opinion of that too. Who do you think is like maybe next up to slot up into that? Maybe in the younger generation, like before, before you answer that, Tom, I think there's going to be, I think that there are going to be a lot of people we've never heard of. They're going to be the next generation of educators. That's what I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Just some, some random that comes up and that's just got that. I, I get that. And I think it'll be, it'll be probably more, it'll probably be more people, a more diverse bunch than before. I mean, you know, prior to us, there was Lee Wolf and Lefty Cray yeah, uh, and Dave Whitlock. Um, but I think there will just be more of those kind of people and they'll have their maybe regional factions instead of, um, because I mean, with, with social media, it just reaches so many places that it's tough I think for someone to rise to the top. Mm -hmm. Right. I hope fly fishing goes in more of a broader spectrum. You know what I mean? Like just how we were talking about the trout thing. Like I hope, I think we, I think what Orvis, what you guys are planning to do and like what a lot of people do too is getting people away from just being so uh, narrow minded on the trout thing Mm -hmm. and then just going, you know, and doing the carp thing, doing the bass thing. Like, and just broadening our horizons because like spin fishermen do that already too. Like why can't, why does the fly fishing thing have to be identified with trout so much? I, I yeah, feel like we yeah. need to change that identity because it is happening. It, yeah. It's slow. You know, things, things happen slowly in fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's kind of a, for the most part, it's kind of a traditional bunch. At least it was, I think these days it's, it's gotten a lot more diverse and um, in, you know, both the people participating and the, the methods we use. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Yeah, no, that's all good. I think we get um, we get tunnel vision on that too. And another thing I get concerned about, and we've talked about this a lot. And like, I, I don't I don't want to be negative because everyone this is America and like you people start businesses and they can do whatever they want. But like apps that are promoting accessibility, I think is great. But I also apps that come up and are like trying to like I, I and this i'm curious to hear your per, your opinion on this too because i also value this perspective because i'm still trying to formulate it too is like is it i view it right now as a bad thing but it, maybe that's my own selfishness is like apps coming up and burning all these spots essentially and like they're they tell you they have the best interest in mind and being like well we're promoting public access and we want to do that. But then the, the, then it goes in a completely different direction. And all of a sudden your, your secret honey holes and spots are just going to get insanely blown up and are essentially put there in the most public form that you could possibly think of, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I've looked at some of those, those where to go apps and I've not been impressed at all. I've, they don't, they don't have very good information. They don't really, they don't really, pick the best spots they're kind of i mean crowdsourcing that kind of thing is yeah good luck good luck (laughs) yeah i think and well and it just ruins like the the dna strains of fly fishing where finding your own going out there and finding your own holes or driving around you know like there are so many things to go blue line essentially i think google maps being a good tool like your podcast talks a lot about blue lining Onyx and um, and Basemap are great tools. They they don't try to they don't try to hotspot anything, but they show you everything that you need to know. You know, land ownership and yep. watersheds and yeah, everything. Um, those are great. 
I think people, we just live in a day and age too, where like, we're so used to instant gratification to where, tell me where to go. You know, it's like, yeah, people don't think they have the time, you know, and they have to make the time, right? They have to make the time, but people, and I I can sympathize with that. People want to go fly fishing, but they just don't, they don't have the time to do the research that we do. Or, you know, I mean, a lot of us learned this stuff when we were kids where we had endless time to, to make mistakes and people don't, people don't have that kind of time these days. So I I can sympathize with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You got to ride the bike to the hole. Yeah. I think there's a lot of newer people that like as soon as they get into fly fishing they try to take advantage of these types of apps and things that like lessen the learning curve but at the same time i think it takes away the whole like sense of adventure like i don't know if you ever ever build that from when you start fishing and i think that that should be the whole reason right like well let them use those apps i don't think they're very useful so if they want to use them you know they're going to go to the same spots that everybody else does. have you have you you don't yeah. have to say who or anything like that have you been approached by some of those people to for consulting or anything like that and have you offered your like opinions and what they should change and like have you seen any change in it or like them take it seriously no i generally um you know we've I've kind of peripherally worked with a few of them here and there mm-hmm. um I think well, a lot of them probably know better. You know, they're not gonna waste your time. Or well, they don't we have our own. We have our own fishing reports. Um, right. And right. although we're just, uh, we just uh, formed a partnership with uh, with a, a company that does really nice flow charts, and we're gonna incorporate them in our fishing reports. Um, so we, you know, we do we do keep our eyes out on what's going what's going on out there. Um, and they do, they do really nice, really nice graphs and, and really nice flow charts. Um, so we're going to, we're going to work with them, but you know, in general, these fishing hotspot apps, uh, for fly fishing, you know, I think they're mainly, mainly made for, um, bass fishing and yeah, bike fishing and musky fishing. But I, I just, I haven't seen one that's worth spending five bucks on. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, anyway, that sounds like a great topic to wrap up on. Um, Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Everyone probably already knows where to find you and stuff like that, so I'm not even worried. Um, I hope they don't know where to find me. Well, I mean, like your your social media and your and everything like that. But anyway, Tom, thank you so much for coming on today. I hope you had fun and I maybe did. have you on in the future. And we will we will talk soon, brother. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks. It's been an honor. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, thank you, you have a great Tom. day. Thanks, Tom.